a Riverdale Rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we are here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. I feel like it's it has been a really long time since we've done a Riverdale it has, Yeah, it has actually been a really long time. <laughs> um, we're just really off schedule, but I feel like this week we'll get back on schedule. Hopefully. <laughs> well, oh, are we going to do a Riverdale episode this Wednesday? We're going to do a lot of Riverdale back-to-back, but yeah well it's fine and i recently just finished the musical episode for season four so i'm like a little bit in two different parts of riverdale right now yeah it's my head's like a little bit bit confusing because i just finished the last it was either four or five episodes of season four which are really 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 good yeah well i just finished the musical episode i finished the music i know exactly as soon as you told me that they were really good. I knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> because there was, like, hinting at it. And then I was like, oh, if Maya thinks it's really good, I feel like I know what's going to happen. Well, I, I haven't actually finished it. I think I have two more left or something. But but I will say we're about to enter a sort of maybe dry patch for Riverdale. Um, but it does get better. What, this or, season? I think so. I think it gets better. I feel like, well, I mean, this episode that we're talking about, I feel like it wasn't that great. It was sort of... Like, no, this, yeah, this was a really bad episode. It wasn't really bad, bad, it was just, like, not that much happened. It was sort of It's bored. kind of boring. Yeah. Which but I it mean, will get better. Yeah. You just have to persevere through season <laughs> two and three and some of season four. But I have, I do have some questions and some thoughts about this episode. All right. Shall um, we get started? Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, this episode is called... Um, chapter 15 Nighthawks interesting title um, it got fairly good reviews it got 87% on Rotten Tomatoes um, which is like 15 out of 15 reviews um, and an average score of 7.26 out of 10 um, so I mean not the highest but I don't think the lowest um, it was directed by Allison Anders who directed I think one other episode last season I think, like, episode seven. And it was written by Michael Grassi, who wrote, I think, two episodes of last season, too. So, bringing back some familiar faces. Not that I actually know anything about these people. Um, And then it had 1.76 million viewers when it originally aired, which is a drop-off from last episode, which was, I think, the highest. It was, like, over 2 million. Um, But still more than any other season. I met any other episode in season one. It's way more. So, they haven't lost their whole fan base yet. (laughs) I'm just waiting till we get to, like, season four, and these numbers are going to be so low. It's going to be, like... (laughs) It's going to be, like, 200,000. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Riverdale. Um, But Nighthawks, it's a 1981 movie... Fresh from mounting a devastating bomb attack in London, an international terrorist arrives in New York and remains intent upon wreaking further bloody havoc. His preparation is clinical and thorough, but he overlooks one thing, the grit and steely determination of one New York cop. 
Um, um, so that's supposed to mirror the plot of this episode. Uh, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm having trouble here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like serial killers on the loose. Uh, I, New York I City. I guess maybe... Hiram. Maybe Betty's the cop who's just like the one person that's there saving the day. Except she's not really. I mean, in terms of the serial killer, she's not really doing much yet. But I feel like this episode was just about everything in Riverdale falling apart, and Betty was the one there to pick up the pieces. Yeah. That's yeah. the closest I can get to this. I mean, even the title. Yeah. Yeah, the title does, does not make sense for the episode. Fit anything. I mean, I guess it's like, the killer strikes at night, <laughs> and you would think it would be, if it was like a red night. circle episode, that Nighthawks would fit that better. Yeah, I, but I mean, Archie's like staying up at night with a baseball bat. He's the Nighthawk. I uh, singular. Okay, yeah, I think this one just doesn't work. I feel like this is one of the worst titles we've had yet. They're running out of ideas. Well, I mean, I want. Do they continue this through season four? How many movies? I don't know. This like. Oh my! Anyway, let's just get into this episode. The title. We're not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we start with Jughead's narration as usual. We see Pops. And it says Death Diner on it. And Jughead is talking about how Pops has gone from being this hot spot in Riverdale um, to being this crime scene that no one no one wants to go there because there was just an attempted murder there. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Archie, who is up making breakfast. It seems like he's been up all night. He trying to take care of his dad and his dad comes and he's just kind of like chill out (laughs) um which i think he was summing up what we were all feeling in that moment yeah and was archie drinking red bull or something it seemed like some sort of like caffeinated soda because his dad was like oh it's kind of early for that which don't you drink caffeine in the morning isn't that a thing but i feel like soda you don't usually you you drink like you drink coffee. coffee in the morning but not like I don't know. To each their own. But yeah. Clearly Archie's been up all night. Yes, he's been up for many nights. And Mm -hmm. then he gets a call from Sheriff Keller's office. And it seems like it was a call back. Like he was trying to reach them. Mm -hmm. But he's frustrated that they're not really engaging with him. Or making much progress on his father's case. Or... Or on trying to catch the guy who tried to kill his father. Yeah, and I mean, this is like a reoccurring thing throughout this episode. Um, Archie's mad at the sheriff's office. And I feel like I have mixed feelings about this because I think we've discussed this at length on this podcast, but the sheriff's office is pretty incompetent, um, especially when it came to last season's murder. So I can understand that he's frustrated, but also I feel like he has to kind of know his place in this investigation and he's not really like doing them any favors by constantly like annoying them. <laughs> um so then we see veronica she's leaving her house um and as she's leaving smithers who's the 
like doorman tells her that she should probably take the side exit and right before um she asks him why Hiram who I guess he came last episode that feels like so long ago but Hiram walks in um and he is angry um because she always leaves before breakfast and gets home after dinner so they never have any time to like they never spend any time together and he um he's like when was the last time we all had dinner as a family and she's like oh it was um the night before you got arrested or i guess the day before you got arrested um and Hiram wants to have dinner with the whole family like bring them all back together again but Veronica says she has plans and clearly she's not happy with Hiram yep I feel bad for Smithers he's just kind of stuck in the middle caught up in the middle of all of this yeah tension um but then we go to lunch where Jughead is telling Betty Veronica and Archie about how Pops is closing um the staff quit and Pops won't be able to or Pop Tate will not be able to keep the diner open for much longer and Archie's like okay well I, I can't imagine myself being able to go in there again which is yeah, totally that's like understandable um, but Betty's like no I will not let this happen <laughs> Um, and Jughead is like, well, I'm not sure I can take on any more social <laughs> issues right now. <laughs> he has his hands tied with his dad's, um, trial. Which, again, understandable. <laughs> yeah. But then uh... Betty's like, all right, well, I'll handle this. And Veronica's like, okay, I will join in. I need something to keep me busy anyways so I can avoid my dad. I mean, she's, like, living in the same house as him. Like, she's going to have to talk to him eventually. Like, I don't know what's her end game here, but. I don't know. <laughs> and then Archie and Jughead head off to Sheriff Keller's office. Um, Jughead needs to meet with his dad's lawyer, who clearly is not all too happy with. He's like the court appointed lawyer, but clearly Jughead doesn't think he's that great. And then yeah. Archie needs to drop off some flyers. Just no one asks questions. Yeah, I know. Him, I but... wrote that in my notes, too. I was like, just no one questions that he needs to go to the sheriff's office. But... And also, they just... Weren't they at lunch? Yeah. At school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just like, okay, we have better things to do. <laughs> I mean, same. But, and I mean, we didn't comment on this, but they are eating a lunch outside. I don't know. What time, what school, part of the school year is it at this point? I don't remember. I don't remember what year we're in. I think we're in sophomore year, but is it the spring of sophomore year? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, because I feel like season three starts at the summer before, um, before junior year. Or, I don't know. It's like the timeline is weird, but they're eating lunch outside. It seems like a pretty day. But anyway, um, so then at the sheriff's station, um, Archie's there with Jughead, and then he sees Sheriff Keller and kind of chases after him. And Archie goes up to talk to him and tells him that he's like doing all these things for the investigation, like he's handing out flyers, he's talking to all the neighbors, he's doing all this stuff. Which and we see these flyers. What do the flyers like, say? I didn't even look at them. It looked like we just got a really 
quick glimpse, but to me it looked like they were hand-drawn. It was a picture of the Black Hood hand-drawn that said, have you seen this man? Uh, like what? So that's super helpful. <laughs> He's really doing a lot <laughs> for this investigation, I'm glad. Um, I, I, I just can't with that. Um... So, anyway, um, Archie asked the sheriff, he's like, I want to be appointed to, like, help with the investigation, like, with the sheriff's team, I guess. And, like, obviously, Sheriff Keller's like, that's not going to happen, because you're, like, 16. Um, And (laughs) then also, kind of in this conversation, Sheriff Keller gets, like, a mess, uh, like, someone comes in through his walkie-talkie and says there's a 54 in Greendale, which I don't know what that is necessarily but we'll later find out that that is Miss Grundy which we know from the end of the last episode I guess um so then that conversation ends there and then we also see FP talking with his newly appointed lawyer and Jughead's there too and um the lawyer tells FP about like the deal they've been offered from I don't understand how this works like the judge I guess has a deal for them or the they have a deal that, like, he can serve... Well, we don't actually find out how many years in this situation, um, but the lawyer says it's a good deal, and we later find out that if he serves 20 years, like, he can just serve 20 years now, or he can go to court and possibly serve more later. And that the lawyer says it's, like, a pretty good deal for the situation that they're in. And then... We go to the Andrews house, where Archie is downstairs at mm. night, oh, guarding so the house <laughs> with his baseball bat. And then Jughead walks in the house, which spooks Archie and Jughead a little <laughs> bit, because Archie's just there with his bat. But they begin talking, and Jughead kind of breaks down. Because we find out... Um, that his dad is facing 20 years, as Luke said, um, and the lawyer suggesting that he take the deal, because if the case goes to trial, trial, it might be around 40 years in prison, so Jughead is pretty upset about that, and then... He, well, he, then he's like, I'm scared. And Archie is like, me too. And then we <laughs> see Archie looking out the window and he has a vision of the Black Hood. So clearly Archie has PTSD and really needs to get some help. Yeah. So that sort of addressed in the next scene. Well, so Betty, the next morning, I guess, Betty calls Jughead and she's like, had this idea that she thinks she can kill two birds with one stone. Um, like the two situations are Pops closing and also his dad facing a lot of jail time and so she tells Jughead that they should meet at the mayor's office Um, and then also she calls Veronica and um, very we see their conversation very briefly and then we see that Veronica goes to Archie's house knocks on the front door um, and she asks Archie where he's been sleeping because it hasn't been his room um Betty has noticed that Archie hasn't been sleeping in his room at night. And so on their walk to school, Veronica says that um, Betty's the one that told her all this information and that Archie 
explains what he's been doing at night. He says he's been washing the doors, and at least he admits that it sounds crazy because it is crazy. Um, but then Veronica actually makes a good suggestion that he sees a therapist or a school counselor. Um, so I'm Which glad Ar- that... Archie scoffs at that suggestion. Yeah. Um, I'm like, clearly you so. have... You're having... Um, like, it's clearly affecting your life, and you, like, need somehow to, like, let it out. So, I'm glad that Veronica why is giving him good advice. Why hasn't his mom, or even his dad, I'm sure his dad is also very traumatized. Um, I don't get why yeah. no adults in his life have suggested this. Anyways, well, and they fine. just portray Fred as just, like, this very chill guy who can, like, handle anything. <laughs> Which... Probably not the best. Yeah, I'm sure Arch or Fred is not doing too well. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, and like, either. I feel like the parents sh- should recognize that maybe Archie needs. Like, I feel like they're sort of like, oh, Archie, like, you're just going crazy, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just need to stop doing that. But, like, I think that the, the, it's on the parents a little bit to, like, recognize that obviously he's dealing with trauma and that he needs to, like, deal with that in yeah. a better way <laughs> so anyway and then betty and jughead go to mayor mccoy's office and they ask her to help out pops by declaring it a landmark or declaring pops day <laughs> not totally not totally clear it's still in its beginning phases of planning yeah, but she says no. She doesn't want to be associated with pops. She says, "What if I help out pops, and then the next week there's a crime there?" Again, a little confused by that. I mean, I feel like um, that's somewhat valid. Like, well, I get why she wants to disassociate herself from pops. Yeah. Yeah, that part makes sense. Just the idea that there's going to be, be like another, another shooting there, there. next week and that's gonna be her fault but i can understand Anyways, that she wouldn't want to like associate herself where there was like an attempted murder but yeah anyway um and then jughead switches gears a bit which you can tell that he's kind of going off script a little bit here mm-hmm. and he tries to get Mayor McCoy to use her connections to help out Fred, which or FP. she says no to. And then Jughead gets pretty angry at her, so she's turning her back on Papa Tate and FP. Well, and I'm kind of confused because Betty said that she had this plan to kill two birds with one stone. But was her plan just to talk to the mayor and have the mayor just, like, fix her problems for her? Was, like, that the grand plan that she came up so. with? I guess so. She has a better plan later plan. on. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't really... Anyway. That's more of killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, her plan later on fits this, but... Anyway. So, then we go to... Sc- at s- We're at school... And Midge Clump, who I guess is a character we haven't met before, but... And is this the first time we see new Reggie? Oh, I guess it is. I'm not sure. I'm just so this used... is a good scene, though. 
It's I'm, a good Reggie scene. I'm trying to remember what old Reggie looked like. He was in the I last season. I it. can't even. <laughs> I'm just used I to think Reggie. This guy, what's his name? Charles Melton. Yeah. He's the perfect Reggie. Yeah, I like this Reggie. Um, and is he dating? Is he dating Camila Mendez in real life? Well, is it's unclear. But Un- or I mean, oh. or I don't know if they're still together. I think they were dating. I don't know if it's. It's not unclear, oh. but I just don't know. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so Mitch Klump, who's a new character, I guess she's just like another high school student, um, goes up to Reggie in the hallway, new Reggie, um, and she asks him if he knows anything about Jingle Jangle, which we only were briefly introduced to last episode, but it becomes really? a big thing. Like they briefly mentioned it, I think. I thought this was the first mention. But this is the first time it actually gets any, like, real attention. Um, and she's, Midge says that she wants it um, for her and Moose. And Reggie says that he can set her up with it. Um, so I guess Reggie's, like, a drug dealer now. Um, and so then they are like, okay. And then Midge leaves. And then Reggie sees Archie standing in front of the school counselor's office. And so he goes to talk to Archie. And he's like, what are you doing? Um, Like, why are you, like, what do you need school counseling for? And Archie's, like, kind of denies that he was actually there to, like, speak to the counselor. And Archie also asks Reggie if he has something to keep him awake. Because he, like, hasn't been sleeping because he stays up all night, like waiting for a murderer to come into his house which I just like I don't know how he could function if he didn't sleep at all like I really don't know how like theoretically he's on the football team like I that does not I don't think it's football season oh yeah I guess that's true but anyway I just don't know how he could like at all be functioning um yeah and so then Reggie lists like a whole bunch of drugs that he could give Archie to help him stay more alert and in included in the list is Jingle Jangle which Archie has clearly never heard of before um and Reggie just like says it's like will really help him stay alert for days um and then Archie explains that he needs to be on high alert in case the black hood or until the black hood is caught so that's he explains his situation to Reggie um and I'm not sure if this has any significance, but the exchange between Reggie and Midge was extremely flirty. Yeah. And I know, and then he was sort of like looking at her as she walked away. And I don't, because I know Midge is with Moose. Well, it's unclear if Midge dies at the end of this episode. You know, like the black hood. Well, I mean, I do remember what happens. Well, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember what happens? Okay. Um, I won't say anything. But. Anyway. Yeah. There's that, too. But I feel like that's sort of just how their characters are. I wasn't. I was thinking maybe that's just how their characters are. Until the very end, I was, I almost thought that something more was going to happen. I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Anyways, 
then Betty is talking to Kevin and Veronica in the blue and gold office. She assembled like, her little team. I feel like this to... is their new like hangout spot. Like they met in this room for so many times this episode, but they just never met in the common room or in that like break room or whatever that place is. Well, I think this is their like planning room. There. <laughs> I think they're more private. They've realized that it's a bad idea to like plan things in the middle of like everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they came to that conclusion. So Betty explains her idea to Kevin and Veronica. She wants to host some event at Pops to remind the town of better days. Mm-hmm. Retro night, I think <laughs> is what they're calling really it. Really creative. Um, and Veronica asks, why Pops? Why are you putting all this work in to save this diner? And Verona, or Betty starts talking about all of the memories, all of the nostalgia. It's where she first met Veronica, which we know. Literally, like, we where she first that. met, like, everyone. <laughs> but it's also where she first met Kevin, which I was a little confused by. Where well, we she just, first like... met Jughead. <laughs> or, I don't know if Or, no, no, first it's met, not where she first met Jughead. it's, like, where they, like, something Never mind. with them. But then we kind of find out the real reason... It's not where she first met Jughead, but it's because Jughead is losing his dad. He's kind of losing everything, so she wants to be able to save something for him. I just, like, I feel like the show made it seem like it was this, like, super personal reason. And I, this is, like, an okay reason, but it's, like, not, like, like, I feel like they just needed an excuse so that they could have them, like, really, like, put all this energy into saving the diner. Well, I think it totally fits with, um... Betty's character. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I feel like she just needs, like, a passion project. She needs a passion project. She doesn't really have a. And when there's some problem she can't fix, then she moves on to something that'll hopefully help the situation. Yeah. To make her feel like she is fixing the problem. Yeah. Character analysis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then Hiram walks in and Veronica's like, daddy and they're like so then uh betty and kevin are a little bit shocked because i guess they haven't ever met hiram yeah um but then we don't actually see them meet or anything but then we see veronica outside with hiram and they're walking and Hiram's talking about how every day in prison, in prison, he <laughs> missed her, and he just wants to go back to how things were, and she says that she wishes they could go back to how things were, but she can't forget what she has learned about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts like asking her about what she's doing with her friends, are they planning a dance, um, and she's like, no, we're just planning a, an event to try to save Pops. <laughs> just like, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Save, and that... <laughs> saving a local diner. Nothing, nothing big. But in this moment, Hiram actually seems a little bit desperate. I don't know if he's just trying to act that way. Yeah, we don't get that many moments of him acting like this. Yeah, because usually he's very like, schemy. And usually, um, like, when he wants Veronica to, like, come back to him, he, likes he, like, threatens her in more, like, threatening ways. 
he's not like trying yeah. to be nice to her. And he's not, yeah, he's not like trying to ask her about what's what going on. What he in her initially life. perceived as normal high school activities. <laughs> well, I, that's maybe because Veronica usually doesn't participate in normal high school activities. Like <laughs> almost nothing about her is normal high school anything. But anyway. Um, and also, Hi- yeah, so Hiram, like, offers to help, um, but she says she doesn't really need his help. Um, but you can see the wheels turning in his head. Yeah. With this Exactly. Moment. And so then, uh, we see Jughead talking with Tallboy, who's one of the serpents, about FP's, like, deal, about, like, the Is Tallboy the same as Mustang? I know I, Mustang They look, dead. like, exactly the same. I don't know. <laughs> They they're this they occupy the same space in my head. Um he's just one of like the older serpents, I guess. And so then Jughead well so he's talking about like the twenty year deal that his dad has that he could take. Um and then Jughead's like, Well what if we just break him out of like bust him out of jail? And like he's like the sheriff station has really bad security, like it's definitely possible. Um and we could just bring him to Canada. And Tallboy's like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, but he suggests someone else that Jughead could talk to, which we will see later on. Oh. Um, yeah. He said she he should meet meet a snake dealer. That just um, doesn't really. I don't know what that means, but. But as soon as he said that, I, it all came back to me. I yeah, like, I like completely oh forgot God, about no. Penny, but now I'm like, I was like, oh god. Do we really have to start this? (laughs) Um, But then we go to Vixen's practice, and Cheryl introduces Josie as the newest member of the Vixens. Uh, It's unclear why she decided to join the Vixens. I feel like this just made no sense to me. I don't even know how it really connects. I I guess it has significance later on, but I... But it really is... Very, they really could have done without that. It's, like, very insignificant. Um, but then I, I guess it sort of lets us know that Cheryl has taken back the Vixens. Yeah. Which Veronica, Veronica asks her about, and Cheryl was, was like, well, were they ever really <laughs> Which, yours? like, honestly is true. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like Veronica just, like, doesn't care at all. I'm just, like, so just co- like, I feel like this was just the show being, like, oh, we probably just need to give the Vixens back to Cheryl. Like... There's, like, nothing yeah. to this. Like, Veronica literally had just... the Vixens for, like, two seconds and nothing happened. And that scene was just to build up to a suicide attempt. Yeah. So. So, it like. They don't really need that anymore. Nothing has changed. And Veronica now. seems to have enough on her plate already. Mm-hmm. Although she's always looking for new distractions from her father. But... Yeah, I guess she's not quite as busy as season three Veronica or season four Veronica. She's not applying to college yet. Um, um, yeah. But then Betty asks Cheryl if the Vixens will help out with the event. And Cheryl gives some long-winded <laughs> explanation of why they will not be. Um, a double cherry on top, no. And she, like, discusses her own suicide attempt in in this explanation. I'm just like... Why is she bringing that up? But, I mean, whatever. But it's just, like, strange. Um, 
So yeah, I'm not surprised that she would, like, a very unsurprising answer. But also, didn't Betty go into practice thinking the Vixens were Veronica's so that they, she would just be able to, like, have it happen? Like, I feel like it, that just makes no sense. Like, I guess it was just like... But a... also, couldn't they just be like... I know this is gonna start some crazy drama, but couldn't they just be like, okay, whoever wants to come, come. We'll give you free milkshakes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, anyway. I guess the, we don't have time for drama. So, then we get a very bizarre scene. Um, the principal Weatherby goes into the classroom, the one classroom in the whole school, um, to announce to the group of students that Miss Grundy was found murdered in her house the last night. Or I guess like a few nights ago. Which is just a really bizarre way to go about that like I don't know what is he going into every single classroom and telling them individually I don't know that's but strange. all that's important is that Archie is in yeah. that classroom yeah and Archie is having some major flashbacks to their love affair from the last season uh-huh. um and then he also has like this, another vision of the black hood so clearly now it's like double PTSD kind of um and so he sort of just storms out of the room which it's like did Principal Weatherby know about the affair? I don't know. I don't think so. It's like, I'm, I forgot that not everyone knew about the affair. And they sort of just swept just it under left. the rug. Yeah. Which I kind of forgot about that. So. But it seems like a lot of the students do know because of that party. Yeah. So it seems like everyone, anyway, everyone would know. Um, so then afterward, Archie's talking to Fred um, at their house about how it just seems like there's, like, a pattern of someone killing all the people he cares about. Which is just, like, so awkward that he's talking to his dad about, like, his teacher and, like, I really care about her. <laughs> like, because, yeah. like, they were having an affair. Or, not an affair, but they're having... Um, a. Uh, <laughs> well, a I don't know. Uh, yeah, and it was... I don't know what to call it. Very not age-appropriate. For Archie um and so Fred is like well I'm not so sure that that's like what that means um but Archie's clearly very mad and he wants justice for Miss Grundy and for his dad and he's convinced it's the same killer which we know it's the same killer so everyone thinks he's crazy but we actually know well I mean he is kind of crazy yeah. Did I use that right? Uh, I know it's some kind of irony. I don't know. I what. think it's dramatic irony. I'm trying to remember back to like sixth grade. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I guess we know it's true, but everyone else doesn't. But it's like also, I don't know. Like obviously it would be connected, but we know it's connected because we've seen it already. So. Yeah. And then, Jughead enters. The, a tattoo parlor and he announces that he's there for Penny Peabody. He walks through to the back and she's sitting there. He finds out that she's a serpent and a lawyer. So she used being in the serpents as a way to finance her 
college education as well as law school and now she's a lawyer and honestly makes kinda, sense. that's kind of smart it's kind of helpful for the serpents to have a lawyer on their side yeah um so but, she and she clearly also knows fp she's totally aware of his situation it's like if the i'm confused though because if she, if she's like a lawyer specifically for the serpents then why didn't she already reach out to FP to work with him? That um, it's like unclear exactly body... what her connection is to the serpents. I feel like like she is a serpent. She's in the serpents. Yeah, but like, wouldn't it be implied that if she's a lawyer for the serpents, she like works for them for free or something, and the serpents just like pay her? Well, because Penny Peabody does know. not do good things out of the goodness of her heart. Well, clearly, but, <laughs> but like, what is that relationship like? And wouldn't the serpents um, know she that helps, she's not a good person? So why would they? Well, keep she using helps her? them out when the with their legal battles when it's it convenient. isn't her interest. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get a lot more on this um, relationship later on in the yep. season. But season. what she tells him is that if he get she could get or if he could get the victim's family to forgive FP in front of a judge, it could help get his sentence reduced. Like that's the so, only thing she thinks of. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's in a he's not in a good situation. It doesn't seem like there are many yeah. ways out. But you. I guess the other lawyer was just not a great lawyer, but it did seem like a pretty basic thing, and I have no idea if that's something that would actually help in real life. Yeah, I really have no idea how, like, based in reality any of this is. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would help, but I don't know if it would, like, dramatically reduce his sentence. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we see the court case, and it like later on in this episode and it seems like it isn't going to do much until Cheryl actually lies about what happened and then it like does seem like well, yeah. it will reduce the sentence yeah it seems but like anyway. it took perjury to yeah <laughs> reduce her sentence not just forgiveness but anyway. um but then he asks do I need to pay you I mean do you, like literally, so he do just you really said, need like, to pay anybody for giving giving you like a tip, like like it was like a one one minute of their time. Like, yeah, like they didn't even like arrange any agreement beforehand or like anything. I mean, I guess that's just sort of how Penny operates, but but yeah, it wasn't like it was like an hour consultation or she was actually like going to take on the case or anything. She just gave him one little piece of piece advice, of advice which is, like, anyways. Nice. Um, he asks if he needs to pay her. She says, no, we're friends. Um, I do you a favor and maybe one day you'll do me a favor. Mm, We will see. Yeah. Um, so that's always great. Um, and so then we see, uh, Archie and Betty going to talk to Alice and Archie tells Alice his theory about how like there's a connection between the murders and like how he like he has this like conspiracy that they're connected and Archie 
wants Alice to get information about the auto 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 oh my god I can't say that word autopsy autopsy yeah, I can't she is an in with the coroner's office yeah with her or she just pays them off with her ghoulish friend <laughs> <laughs> um and so she says she'll reach out to him and then Archie leaves the house and uh, Alice asks if she is spreading herself thin um for safe or she's like telling her that she's like spreading herself thin for um, like taking on all of these different causes and <laughs> because she's like trying to help Archie and she's trying to help FP and she's trying to help the diner um, and then Alice also says that Pops um, is selling the cho- or Pop is selling the chocolate shop to an anonymous buyer um, so like that cause is sort of a lost cause at this point um, and she sort of says, by an anonymous buyer, she assumes it's probably Hiram, because the last time there was an anonymous buyer buying things in Riverdale, it was Hiram. So. So Betty then calls Veronica, and Veronica's clearly very alarmed, so she yeah. confronts her family. They deny it. Hiram asks her to sit so that they can speak to each other civilly. And then she's like, okay, so she decides that this is um, the time to confront them about some other things. So she asks them if they were involved in Fred's attempted murder, and Hiram does flat out deny that. He didn't shoot him, he didn't hire anyone to shoot him. And then Veronica starts talking about how she... At first, after he's arrested, she always defended him to everybody. Um, and then she was like, but then you sent me this. And she brings out the letter that Hiram had sent Veronica as a threat when she was considering not testifying on behalf of him, where he threatened to involve or potentially harm her mother and she hands it to Hermione and then Hermione says that she wrote the letter because she wanted Veronica to testify on Hiram's behalf and it was the only way that she could think of to force her to so (laughs) Veronica is clearly very upset about this (laughs) Um, and she says, you two deserve each Which other. Which, honestly, and they do, if that's true. storms out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like... No, it's true. Pretty crazy. Which, I mean, we later find out it's not true. But even the fact that she would, like, suggest that she did that is crazy. Um, so then Jughead and Betty, um, we see them going to the Blossoms' new house. In the last season, their house burned down. Um, but they have a new house now called Thistle House. Um, and this is the one that we really know. Yeah. Because I guess Thornhill is the only... one that's in our podcast description. Description. Yeah, Thornhill is only like a one season house. This is like a multi season house. But it looks exactly the same inside, I feel like. But anyway. Um, yeah, so... They may have used the same set. 
but it's like whatever <laughs> they just they burned down the house but then they realized they still needed Cheryl to have a mansion so they just gave her a new mansion and even Jughead makes a comment about like this is what downsizing looks like um <laughs> so they knock on the door they're like oh can we I don't know exactly what they say something about coming in and they all sit down for dinner at the conservatory which they eat the conservatory like with all the plants they were like eating dinner in like like a greenhouse i think oh it was really bizarre so maybe it is a different house but i don't think they ever eat dinner (laughs) in a greenhouse again but anyway they're all eating there um cheryl's mother is there too she's all wrapped up in because of her burns um and so jughead and betty explain that they um are trying to reduce uh, FP sentence and so if the family of the victim would show mercy it would really help um, FP's case but Cheryl is still very upset about the whole situation I mean her brother did just die like however long like six months ago and her dad was involved too it's like very raw still so she's very upset and so is her mother as well um and they're like, this is not going to happen. Like, we are not going to do this. Um, and they think that he should be in jail and will not give him, or like not um, say they forgive him in court. And so Betty and Jughead leave. Um, and they're kind of thinking about their options. And Jughead sort of throws out the idea of, um, of like blackmailing them, but like, sort of just as like kind of a joke or not like a joke but sort of not as a realistic idea um and it seems like there aren't really any other options for them yep and then alice goes to the coroner's office and this crime's dead body is just right there Mm -hmm. on the table but she's talking to the coroner and I feel like he has a name. I just don't know what his name is. I don't remember his name. He's so um, but he's talking about how this is a crime of passion and hatred, and then she pays him. With an envelope. So, yeah. Um, and then he asks her if she knew the victim, and she says no. Which I don't really know how why that why that's significant at all. I don't know why either, but like, they I was made like, why it did they... really significant. Yeah, I was like, why did they include that line in this? Um, it was just a bit weird. So, anyway, then we see Archie. He's sitting in his kitchen with his baseball bat at night, um, just on patrol, or, or just night watch, whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden he sees the black hood outside his window. So, I'm just like... A bit scary. I first thought it was a vision because he's just been having all these visions. But yeah, I thought it was a vision. Then too. he goes outside and he tackles the guy who he assumes is a black hood, and he pulls off the mask. But then it's Reggie, um, and which is a terrible. Yeah. So Reggie's like, awful. "Oh, it was just a prank." <laughs> like, dude. I'm like, literally, he, like, oh my god, that is so bad. But whatever. So Reggie But I also was... kind of like Reggie, so I didn't get past it. Yeah. <laughs> I like new Reggie. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Reggie. Um, but also Reggie does make a good point that like if he was the actual back hood, 
the Black Hood has a gun, presumably. So, like, tackling him maybe isn't the smartest idea. You don't bring a baseball bat to a gunfight. But anyway, Reggie, I guess, was there to deliver his jingle jingle or whatever drugs Archie's taking. Which I guess we never see him take these drugs, but presumably he has them now. So, I'm glad that Archie's turning into a drug user as well. (laughs) Then Alice talks with Fred and Archie about what she learned from the autopsy and just from investigating the situation a little bit more and I guess there were no signs of a forced entry. Which which he did break into her house but I guess maybe that window window was unlocked. Yeah, it I must think. have been unlocked, so or maybe it was open, so he just climbed through it. Um, so, but the significance of this is she says that they prob he the killer was probably somebody that she knew, which I don't really and know. And then how that I guess he likes she somehow or the killer somehow got inside without breaking so anything. So it, I don't know. That just seems. I don't know if I would draw that connection, but... But it's significant to Archie. Yeah. Um, and then she also tells him that she was strangled by a cello bow. Yeah. Which gives Archie flashbacks to when he gave her <laughs> a cello bow. He gifted so it to he her. He very likely... I mean, she's also she's a musician, so she probably has multiple cello bows. Yeah. But he may or may not have been the one who purchased the murder weapon. Which is just a bit freaky for him. Um, but then Alice also says the likelihood of the two murders or the murder and the attempted murder being connected is very unlikely. Yeah. Or it's very low. And Archie's like, oh... If I, what I'm thinking is, like, you guys would just think I'm crazy, but... So Alice is probably right. But clearly his mind is elsewhere. So, I mean, that's just, like, great for Archie's um, mental health right now. <laughs> um, but then uh, we see Betty and Jughead. They're at Pops. They're talking to him. And they're they're like, oh, who's buying... Who's, like, buying Pops? And I thought it was anonymous, so I thought, like, no one knows. But I guess he knows. And he says that um, it's Chung Lo, which is a liquor store chain. I don't know if that's, like, a play on another liquor store chain. I don't know that many liquor store chains. I just assume it probably was. Um, And so then also Jughead says, um, could Pop make, um, make... FP, his last meal in Riverdale, like, make his favorite meal. Um, before he goes to prison. Yeah, before he goes to prison. And then Betty is also just, like, very mad about the whole situation. She's like, this is unacceptable. Um, like, we, ne- we need to do something about it. So she's like, oh, have you signed the contract? He says no. Um, and so she's like, okay, don't sign anything. I can fix this. She has a plan, which this time her plan is, like, actually good. Or, well, it's not, like, morally good, but it's smart. It's effective. Yeah. Um, and 
Jughead just looks really amused. He's like, okay, I'll let her go well, off. Well, her last plan was not good, so I can understand why he, he uh, might not think that she has a very good plan. So Betty also, goes... Like, why wouldn't she just, like, tell him the plan? Like, there's no point in not telling him. That's just, like, for dramatic mm. effect. Yeah. And I think um, Jughead had pretty much given up hope at that point. Yeah. So he was just like, all right, she, if this is going to make her feel better to go and try to do yeah. something, but I'm not getting involved in it. <laughs> yeah. So Betty goes to the school and finds Cheryl in the lock- locker room. She's Which, getting changed. Like, so they were just um, sort of skipping school and Cheryl's, like... No, I think this is after Vixen's practice. Uh, Well, but isn't Betty on the Vixens? Like, she should be at practice. But she's not that... She's not, like, a super serious member. (laughs) Clearly. She's, like, never at practice. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so... Yes, that happens. And then Betty just goes into full black male mode, Mm -hmm. which... Is I guess is what I guess that's why she didn't tell Jughead initially because yeah. Jughead felt bad about that. About black um, people, <laughs> especially an orphan. Well, he said he would be fine with it if, if it wasn't, wasn't an, orphan. an orphan. But she's not an widow. orphan. She's not an orphan. Yeah, Penelope is a widow, but she's not an orphan. Um, I mean, she's like essentially an orphan because her mother is like terrible to her. Like she was, tech- she was essentially always an orphan because yeah. her both her parents were terrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she still has Dana Rose. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, she's a guardian. So she threatens Cheryl if she or if she blackmails her if she doesn't help FP, she'll release the video of Jason's murder. Because part of Cheryl's reasoning to not help FP is she felt that FP being out on the streets would be a constant reminder of what happened to her brother mm-hmm. but Betty's like if this video is released it'll be an even more constant and a way more traumatizing yeah. reminder of what happened she says that she downloaded a copy on Jughead's computer which I initially kind of thought that she was bluffing about yeah, that yeah I thought she was bluffing too but I guess she isn't because she ends up giving Cheryl the video later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she, so she says, or she promises Cheryl that if Cheryl does testify and forgive FP, that she'll give Cheryl the video. And then she adds in the, at the end that she also needs the Vixens for Retro Night at Pops. Which this is like, this is like one of those moments where I had like a Riverdale reality check and I was like, can we just think about what is going on in this scene? Like, she's literally threatening to release a video of her father killing her brother to yeah. the world. And, like, what on earth? This is so crazy. Also, I was but like... But I love when Betty does things like that. Yeah, well, and even Cheryl, at the end, she's, like, kind of... Cheryl's pre- kind of impressed. Yeah, Cheryl's, like... She was, she's like... more like me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I respect you for that. Which I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, this is like one of those just really bizarre scenes. But I like these scenes. I'm like, yeah. if we're going to go off the rails, like, do it in a entertaining way, at least. 
So then, oh, the next scene is like another one of the best yeah. scenes of us. So then we get well, I, it wasn't actually that great. In my it opinion. was just exciting. Yeah, but we get so Veronica's son sitting in the newspaper blue and gold room, um, sort of just like on her phone, like kind of sulking a little bit. And then Jughead walks in. He's like, "I don't have blonde hair and like in a ponytail or, or red hair or something about that." But she, but he's like, "But do you want to talk or something?" Which I was like, "Oh, like Betty and Ver- or Veronica and Jughead becoming friends again," <laughs> um, because we appreciate their friendship and so Veronica is well so Veronica kind of asks like kind of Jughead what changed for his with his relationship to his dad because in the last season for a while he was like done with his dad like didn't really have any faith in him and then right now he's like trying to literally reduce his sentence and like doing all of this stuff just for his dad so she's like wondering what kind of happened and Jughead basically just says that the biggest thing that happened was his dad sort of changed and got his life together and showed that he was like worth protecting and so Veronica's this is like weird but Veronica's just like well do you think that some people can't change which is like she's clearly like talking about her own dad I guess and Veronica's like our Jughead sort of, like, makes the case that she should give Hiram, like, a chance. Like, if there's any chance that he can change, like, you want to be there and she, for him, he I guess. uses his own situation as well as Archie almost losing his dad. dad. Yeah. So, I mean, so I guess Veronica's a bit convinced that she should have more faith in her father. Which is not a good idea. But, anyway... And then we see Archie telling his theory about um, the murders being connected to Sheriff Keller. Um, but he says that he thinks it's Miss Grundy's abusive ex-husband, which I totally forgot about that. But, she but honestly, kept that gun in his her theory car. makes sense, though. His theory does make sense. But, like, clearly um, they would, like, look into her ex-husband as one of the first people when she, like... Yeah. Because yeah. he starts talking about this whole situation with her abusive ex-husband, and Sheriff Keller's just like, how do you know all of this? <laughs> yeah. And like, we she were was like, close. we were close. And Sheriff Keller seemed to understand what that meant. And just, like, um, not concerned at all about that element. Well, that she's is, dead like, now, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I guess um, Archie wouldn't be the one getting in trouble for the relationship. No. It would be her. But anyway. Um, what, what happens then? Sorry. Um, then he says that he thinks that her ex-husband found out about Archie, so that's why he was targeting um, his dad. And, like you said, this theory makes a bit of sense, but then Sheriff Keller shuts it down because he says that her ex-husband has an airtight alibi. We don't actually find out what this alibi is, but I guess that's enough. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't trust the sheriff, honestly, because he is not good record of solving murders but also Archie brings up the fact that he gifted 
Miss Grundy a cello bow, so he thinks the guy was, like, messing with him, sort of. Uh, which is, like, questionable. Um, but, I mean, honestly, it's, like, kind of a good theory. I, it, like, makes some, some sense. But then he says, maybe I am just going crazy, which, like everyone yeah. says I am. So then we see the vixens. Um, they're, like, cleaning up the front of the diner, getting ready for the big party. Um, someone, I think Kevin is like, oh, where's Cheryl? Or something about Cheryl. I don't know. Like, they're like, we really hope she pulls through or something. And then we see Cheryl testifying at, um, at the... At, in court um, for FP and she says she speaks on behalf of her and her mother that she forgives FP for what he did um, and uh, the judge is sort of like well we can't like ignore all of the things that he did like just because you forgave him doesn't actually mean he didn't do any of these crimes but then Cheryl like kind of thinks for a second and then she's like well um, Clifford threatened FP that he would hurt Jack Head if, um, if FP didn't do what Clifford Well, she says wanted. she overheard it. Or she overheard Which, it. It's true that he did threaten FP. Yeah, what did they threaten? Jughead. About? He would hurt Jughead. If what, though? What was the threat about? If FP didn't confess to, to what he didn't do, he was supposed to confess to the murder. Oh, right, right, right. So... On, so it's not like that actually big of a lie honestly like it's not that unrealistic um but so that sort of is the turning point that they're looking for and then the judge is like okay well because of this we need to kind of revisit the case um so they like I don't know what the correct term is but they just like end that day of court and like postpone it until later I guess so Things are looking up for FP. Maybe he won't go to jail after all. So now we go to retro night. And Betty's upset because there's like nobody there. <laughs> it's still early though. It's still early. Um, but then Alice arrives. And she's being a little bit cruel. She's like, I want to write about Pops. Like the last closing, night. yeah, <laughs> which is sort um, of mean. And then Josie arrives with one of the pussycats, not Val, the one that's not Val. Well, this is like um, later, and there are some like more people there, at the, at the diner. Oh, all right. So this is like a, when... there's like a time jump to like later in the night, and then it does look like there are like some people there. All right. So then, so Josie arrives and she's like, Betty, why were you broadcasting on social media that Josie and the Pussycats would be doing a free concert tonight? <laughs> and Betty's like, well, I thought if I asked you, you would say no. Yeah. Um, and so Josie explains, first of all, because of her mom, her mom would be really angry if she stepped foot in Pops. Mm-hmm. Which, like, um, the, because of yeah. just the whole situation. Um, but then she said they also, Val is sick, so they're missing I a I feel like that's cat. just, like, conveniently, like, oh, we don't need Val for season two. <laughs> or something like that. But, anyway. But, for our Cheryl so graciously 
offers to take her place because if Josie can be a vixen, Cheryl can be a pussycat. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like, which Josie is not like the most keen on, but she's like, oh, I probably already know the song anyway, so it's fine. So Like if you're doing a cover, I probably know it. Yeah. So anyway, then we see the pussycats giving their performance um, on the roof of Which Pops. Which so weird. Yeah, also, I mean, the it was spacing, The spacing between them was really weird. They were not spaced out evenly. Oh, I didn't even notice. But, did they have microphones even? I, like, how did they get microphones up there? I don't... It was So like, many logistical Because you just watched questions. the season four musical episode. Yeah, it was like that. Oh my it god, was like it was that. really like that. Because they're yeah. singing on the roof of Pops. Anyway, so many logistical questions about how on earth that performance is possible, especially with, like, no... Like, the Pussycats didn't bring all their equipment or anything, so, like, did they go home and get their equipment, or do they even have... Like, who even knows? Um, but their performance is kind of good. I thought it was, like, fine. Um, and then as they're giving their performance, Archie sort of arrives, and... He's, like, sort of standing in the crowd and having all these, like, visions and flashbacks to... I mean, obviously, Pops is probably a traumatic place for him to be right now. So he's having all these, like, visions and flashbacks. And he walks inside the diner, and then Veronica kind of interrupts his, his like, spiraling and asks him if he's okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then um, Hiram and Herman... Or... <laughs> I just almost called her... Harmonica, um, Hiram and Hermione <laughs> walk in to the diner together, and Veronica is like, "I've given it some thought." I guess this is clearly like influenced by her conversation with Jughead. But she's like, "This is a new beginning for Pops, so maybe it can be like a new beginning for our relationship too." Um, but total transparency. Yeah, they're like total transparency, um, which like obviously that's not going to happen, but whatever. Um, she can think that. And um, also Hiram says that Lodge Industries will make a contribution to Pops. A charitable. A charitable contribution. contribution. Um, So then they sit down, and then also, like, Alice is sort of sitting there, and or she's, like, sitting there typing, and then um, the serpents walk into Pops, which, like, nothing, like, nothing, like, noticeable or nothing, like, notable happens with the serpents. They just walk in, but um, Alice is very alarmed. She takes a picture. Yeah, she just takes a picture, and she's very alarmed that the serpents are in Pops. Um, And then we also see Jughead talking to Betty, and, um, and Jughead is telling Betty that, like, they're just there. They're not doing anything wrong. Like, everyone should just, like, relax. It's fine. Um, and they're, like, kissing, and then Cheryl comes up to them and is, like, oh, God, like, blah, 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 something about, like, PDA, I don't know. And then Jughead also, she's, like, yeah, I just lied under oath for you, Jughead. (laughs) And so Jughead's, like, thanks, Cheryl, for doing that. Um, just, like, casual (laughs) lying under oath, you know. Um, and then after this, um, we see Reggie and going up to Moose's car. Moose and Midge are in a relationship, I guess. Um, and um, Moose or Reggie's going up to their car to give them Jingle Jangle. 
Um, and Alice noticed this drug deal happening through the window and takes another picture. So she's just like, like how did all she know this. that's a drug deal? Yeah, she can't even hear them because she's like in a different building. Like I don't. And why? I'm, why are they doing it in such a public place? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They could at least like go to the back of Pops or something. Uh, maybe that's more suspicious. I don't know, but. Or he could have at yeah. least, like, gotten in the car or something. <laughs> like, but, I don't know. It just, like, seems... All of this seems, like, a bit weird, but... But Jingle Jingle does really... They look like pixie sticks. Yeah. So I feel like you could be pretty discreet about it. Like, oh, I'm just... Well, never mind. <laughs> Stealing you no. a pixie stick. <laughs> I'm just but I feel like some people... candy. <laughs> I feel like people know <laughs> at this point that it's, like, a thing. Yeah. But, I mean... There hasn't been, like, the outbreak of it yet. Anyway. Um, oh gosh. Where are we? Alright, so then Pops gives a little speech in which he thanks Betty for all she did. Yeah. And then she also thanks the Lodge family for their donation. Um... And then we see Hermione and Hiram having their own little conversation. And Hermione's like, oh, so since when was the Lodge Industries involved with charity? <laughs> and Hiram's like, no, we, we own the diner now. <laughs> yeah. And he said, in exchange for silence, Papa Tate will stay on as the manager. And then he also thanks her for saying that she wrote the letter, so he actually did write the letter. Yeah. So, Which, oh that's my god, great. like, literally, she, like, took the blame for that? Like, a threat that he would hurt her or something? I don't remember what was in the letter, but, like, it was, like, threatening her. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll take the blame for that. Like, that but is I just, think like, it crazy. Because I don't think he was actually going to do it because he knew that Veronica would fall for the threat. Yeah, I know, but it's just, like, crazy to think about that she's, like, okay with that, you know? But it's all for loyalty. Loyalty is very important to Hiram. Which I feel like is, like, a very mob boss thing, so. Oh, for sure. Um, it, it fits Then the main crew is in their booth at Pops and Archie asked Veronica if he should introduce himself <laughs> to his dad. And she's like, ah, I think you've been through enough tonight already. Um, good call, Veronica. Yeah. Um, and then Archie keeps looking outside where Dilton Doily is just standing there. So clearly um, something's going to happen there. And Archie said, they're asking Archie if he's okay. And he's like, yeah, because I'm with you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even but clearly, he he's, he's feeling better, maybe, but He I'm was, not like, sure two minutes okay ago, maybe, but, like, yet. no, he's... If he's still, like... Well, clearly, he's not okay based on what happens, like, in a second. Anyway, um, so then we see Cheryl and um, Penelope back at this little house. And then, this is so bizarre, Cheryl is like, I have a present for you. And it's literally the video of, like, Cheryl tells her mom she has a present for her. And it's literally the video of her dad killing her 
brother. And she's like, it will bring you peace if we watch it. So they watch it together. And then that's really all we get out of that scene. But I just, like, so... That's a little weird. (laughs) It's so weird. But anyway. um, And I feel like they would have already watched it. Like, I feel like maybe they would have seen that as, like, evidence in, like... Like, aren't they being, like, conferred with for, like... I don't know. It seems weird that they haven't already seen the video. But anyway. I mean... It seems like a traumatic thing to show to But the, the sheriff might, like, want them fan. to watch it so they can, like, confirm. I think it was already... It's... I think it was already confirmed, but I don't think they needed them to confirm. Anyway, I don't know how that goes. And we all know that Sheriff Keller isn't great anyway, so whatever. Um, but then uh, we also see that the Lodge family getting home from the night out at Pops and... Um, there's like a new doorman there and Veronica's like oh where did Smithers go and uh, Hiram says that Smithers went overseas to because he has to take care of his ill family member mm-hmm. which is Veronica's like very suspicious about that I, I don't really know what does that is that because Smithers didn't like Hiram or because Smithers was like trying to warn Veronica about Hiram I don't exactly know. Well, because we know that Smithers does not trust Hiram. Yeah, I guess so. so. And it's their new doorman is Andre. Yeah. Who I do vaguely remember. Yeah, I do remember him. Does Smithers come back? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But anyway, there's that, which didn't really make like a ton of sense to me. But maybe Smithers got another job on another show or something. I think there's some significance. Will we find out later? I don't know. I feel like um, they've left it too open-ended for us not to, like, not to be more developments on that. But then Jughead gets a call from his dad. He's very mad that he went to see Penelope, or no, what's her name? Penny Peabody. Yeah. Um, and he he's warning him about her. He says to not contact her again don't respond to her calls yeah um you do you do not get want to get in bed with a snake charmer yeah clearly that was not a good move on his part and yeah nfp is not happy about that and then we see alice um kind of packing up to get to leave pops and she and betty's there and she like just like just so you know there were several drug deals that happened here tonight. Like, as if it's, like, Betty's fault or something. I don't really know what she was getting at there. I feel like she was sort of just maybe mad that the pops didn't end up closing. Maybe her whole story is, like, not well, valuable anymore. She says... I mean, she also mentions the serpent's appearance yeah, at yeah, the yeah. event, as well as um, that she should the be, fact like, that... Suspicious of Hiram. That like nothing yeah, is like didn't. really a charitable donation, if it's yeah, coming they didn't from Hiram. Donate out of the goodness of their hearts, and she says that Betty gave crime a safe haven in Riverdale. Yeah, which like literally the serpents did nothing. I I feel like this is a little bit of Alice just being annoyed at something else and just taking it out on Betty. But I don't know. Her just being like very alarmist as she as always. always is. 
Yeah. Um, and then we see Archie meet with Dilton, mm-hmm. and he hands him a bag that has a gun oh, in it. God. And Archie's like, I'm not crazy, it's just for protection. And Dalton's like, sure, Archie, whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> um, and then we hear Jughead's narration. He says, Archie slept for the first time in weeks before waking up to a living nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. And then we see Midge and Moose in the car. They're doing jingle jingle. Then they start making out. And then the Black Hood comes up. And Very he shoots them. Or he just shoots in the car. We don't really know what happens. But... We just see a lot of blood. So it's clearly someone got shot. <laughs> Unclear who exactly. And then the episode is over. Yeah. This is just like a lot. But it wasn't like that amazing. I was not a huge fan of the episode. Yeah. It was fine. But the Black Hood has now killed someone again. This is the third time... Or we don't we don't know if they're or, dead. Yeah, I guess we don't know if they're dead. But he's attempted to kill. Yeah, this people is the again. third episode in a row where there's been an attempted murder. So I just cannot care about this Black Hood storyline. Well, I feel like it gets better. Well, yeah, I I do think it gets better. I don't think it's a super rewatchable storyline. The Black Hood part. So you kind of what? Yeah. You kind of, like, once you know who it is, it kind of ruins everything. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't really. Well, I, could just... I just, I never really liked that storyline to begin with. But that's why I do not love season two. But season two does have some good moments to look forward to. And there's, like, a lot in this season, I feel like, that's not involved with the Black Hood, too. I feel like. But... We'll get um, to that eventually. Some stuff I don't remember if it happened in season two or season three. Yeah. I honestly don't. I, don't I like don't really remember what happens at the second half of season two. Because this is like a long season. It's like twenty something episodes. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Well. Well. This episode has been very long. Um. Yes, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. So anyway, but... uh, we'll hopefully be back on Wednesday with a another Riverdale episode um until then if you want to follow us on social media you can find us on Instagram and Twitter they're both pops pop culture you can send us an email at pops and pop gmail.com leave us a review on Apple podcasts um and subscribe and then also follow us on Spotify if that's where you listen um hit us up on good pods maybe and that's it uh, so bon nuit. Bon nuit.